the pre-show incredibly weak clinking. Sounds good. <laughs> Every time it gets me. It's, it's just so, my so favorite. Meek. <laughs> All right, cheers. Ah. The Paranormal Podcast. <laughs> the Paranormal Super Duper Stitious. Welcome to it. Let's just do it from the top. Okay. Welcome to Super Duper Stitious. The Paranormal Podcast that looks at spooky through the eyes of two scientists. Ooh, got a little formal this time. I like it. <laughs> I'm Wyatt. I'm Jake. And uh, welcome back, everybody. And welcome to our new listeners who may be joining us for the first time. And welcome to anyone who isn't listening, but, you know, we like you Who's anyway. just thinking about the show right now. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. We are back again this week to talk about our old shit. Our old shit. Now, not quite in the sense that we're going to go totally into the ruts we both fall into. No. Re, just Sasquatch and ghouls, but uh, cryptids in general, just creepy, spooky yeah. stuff in the woods, like that kind of thing. That's our old bread and butter, as we put it last mm-hmm. week. Uh, our bed and our breakfast. Old, <laughs> our old bed and breakfast. Our old potatoes and molasses. We're going to do that. Uh, I do want to clarify one thing from last week, which is that, guys, obviously I know it's not actually pronounced Tucson, that city in Arizona. It's pronounced Tuxin. It's pronounced Tucson. Tucson. I know this. Next thing you're going to tell me it's not pronounced Pahonix. Come on. <laughs> but before we get into anything, I dare say we might indulge in a little bit of the, the quaff. So, uh, what the goddamn hell have you brought before us today? Well, actually, for those of you who have not heard the quaff before... That's true. That's welcome. Worth, since this is literally <laughs> the second time it's happened, the probability of anyone having heard it is low. We tend to drink beer on this show, and by tend to, I mean every time that we do the show, we drink a beer. We do. At least one, probably two or three. And, <laughs> <laughs> and now we're going to talk about them more, but in a formal way. And that's what this is, the quaff. We look at some beers. We also drink the beers. And we'll rate them on three well-known characteristics. Yes, which are uh, physicality. What the beer's like. <laughs> it's chuggability. <laughs> chuggability. Uh, what it tastes like it tastes and like, what it looks like. And or how whatever. fast you can drink it. And of course, the most important uh, metric in all of beer tasting. Joie de vivre. So without further ado, what is this beer? It's got a B on it. It's got a B on it. This Is, is that uh, why you got it? Maybe. It is Rose Hill. Plan B Farm Brewery in Poughkeepsie, New York. It says on the side. A New York wild ale. Wild ale, okay. It's ostensibly a sour. Okay. We'll get some audio on that as you pour it because that's important. Let's do it. Actually, can you tilt the glass a little bit? A little bit more. <laughs> a little bit more. A little more. Continue tilting. All right, here we go. Quiet, the glass is upside down. This isn't going to work at all. Oh, it's, it's pouring up into the glass. Oh, my God. All right. I'll do the same. I don't know that there was any audio to be gained from I'll that. I'll splash it on this one. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Great. <laughs> All, All right. right, this beer came in a bottle that had a cool little bee on it. Very nicely textured kind of paper label to it, and the bee is all shiny. Oh, I like that. Uh, it's very classy looking. And yeah, so I think... It had uh, a wax seal over the cap. A wax seal over the cap, uh, suggesting this beer is either extremely good or extremely evil. Or extremely secret. Yes, it's true. <laughs> yes, this was intended for only certain eyes. <laughs> yep. Uh, and my eyes see that this is a very pleasant looking kind of sedimenty beer, as you mentioned. Some bubblage going on. For physicality, what would you give it, Wyatt? I would give this beer a seven, which for me is an eight. That's right. Because the body's kind of thin looking... The bottle, as classy looking as it is, relatively plain. Although it's minimalist, though it's minimalist. Know. Yeah, it's true. I'll give it an eight, which for me is an eight. And uh, that's so pretty good. Gets, I think it's yeah, it's pretty solid. Let's check its uh, chug ability here. Alrighty, Ooh. that's a pretty cool beer. So wow. it's a wild ale, is that correct? A wild ale. So it has the kind of sourness you'd expect from a wild ale. That is tasty. I would say, little therefore, it fla- gives floral flavor to it. A little, little well. floralness. Uh, I think there are actual bees floating in mine. Is that what that is? No, it's not okay. I would say, because of that flavor, it is kind of like last our last segment of doing this. It's more of a sipper, so I guess it would get a chuggability of a negative, I don't know, two? Negative two for you? Yeah. I would also give it something like a negative five. Okay. Very sippable. And I of think course, you just underestimate how much I'm willing to chug. <laughs> I don't know. I'm looking forward to when we crack open a real chugger <laughs> and just see what happens. 
And of course, ah. <laughs> Nothing happened, don't the worry. The beer's killing me. <laughs> Um, of course, the joie de vivre. I went first last time, Jake. What would you say? Bees. Perfect. And uh, I would say evil. <laughs> <laughs> and this has been the, the quaff. <laughs> so, do you have any updates, Jake? I do have a, a sound update of my own about the worldwide hum. Ooh, sounds good. Hey, I like that. Uh, which we covered t- uh, together in the same episode we referenced last time. You mentioned the Cuban Sonic Attacks, episode 35, Bah Humbuzz. You did the Sonic Attacks again. I did the Worldwide Hum. That's right. So, kind of fun. We both have updates back-to-back on the same phenomena. Very cool. I can't wait to hear. The title of the paper, and I'll link to it, it's unfortunately, like everything these days, paywall protected. It's a, I can um, get you into that paper. I don't care because I don't want to read it, but... Um, <laughs> I mean, we have, I just want to get the gist for yeah, yeah. listeners' sake. It's from the Geophysical Research Letters. The title is How Ocean Waves Rock the Earth. Two Mechanisms Explain Microseisms, microseisms? microseisms with Periods 3 to 300S. Microseismic activity recorded everywhere on Earth is largely due to ocean waves. So okay. basically the idea is that waves just... Waves happen. Waves are occurring. So that can actually create vibrations that we can hear, I guess. So recent progress hmm. has clear, uh, clearly identified sources of microseismic. Micro, it's microseismic. Let me see the word. Microseismics? Microseismics. Like it's microseismic activity. Oh, it's activity. absolutely microseismics. That's just a funny it's just word. A, it sounds weird that way. Identified sources of microseismics in the most energetic band with, the, with periods from 3 to 10, I guess, seconds. Hmm. In contrast, the generation of longer period microseisms has been strongly debated. Two mechanisms have been proposed to explain seismic wave generation. A primary mechanism by which ocean waves propagating over bottom slopes generate seismic waves, and a secondary mechanism which relies on the nonlinear interaction of ocean waves. Here we show that the primary mechanism explains the average power, frequency distribution, and most of the variability in signals recorded by vertical seismometers. Seismic periods ranging from 13 to 300 seconds. The secondary me- mechanism only explains seismic motions with periods shorter than 13 seconds. Our results build on a quantitative numerical model that gives access to time-varying maps of seismic noise sources. So that's just talking so about. So basically, they're looking at the mechanics of waves making sound. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's all just a nuts and bolts paper that has right. this stuff. The point behind everything I just said is that. <laughs> Waves make sounds, and they can make very low continuous sounds. So either right. waves colliding in a nonlinear fashion, you know, not moving in the same direction, not parallel to each other, <laughs> um, or waves as they're building and Splish working splash. their way up, not even just like pounding on the shore, but working their way up like the continental slope. Oh, and um, kind that of kind of can create turbating the earth yeah. underneath. And so it's now theorized that that may be partly responsible for this ongoing hum that some people are sensitive to. It's a kind of infrasound kind of thing, or I guess it would be infrasound, that can kind of bug people. So, Is this heard all around the Earth, no matter how far from the uh, shore one might be? I think they're just saying it could help explain some of it. Now, the I original see. cases, a lot of them were in the UK. That was uh, where a lot of them first came. And so kind that would of be, stuck in the middle of a situation on that one. As in, there are shorelines not terribly far yes. <laughs> from even the most uh, remote. So if you look at the Holy world hum map, it is kind of all over the damn place. This is just in the U.S. A lot of mid-continent stuff. A ton in Europe. There's a lot in Europe. But it does seem kind of like it's mostly just distributed where people, people are. are. Yeah. Um, not a Might ton in Africa, though, bias. and not a lot in Asia either. Um, well, it's not only where people are. It's where people with very reliable stable internet access <laughs> yes um <laughs> can make these reports so if you zoom in more on europe we see that the uk in particular is heavily concentrated mm-hmm. so like i said it did really happen a lot there hmm. hard to say how far those micro can travel <laughs> um to then be heard but yeah, it's an interesting theory, at least behind what could be causing. Interesting this. too to see some pins here in the western U.S. that are, seem to be in like the Rockies, quite far away from those microseisms. Yes, yeah, so it's it's a possible partial explanation, just like we talked about last week with the sonic attack stuff. Right. No one explanation necessarily covers everything, but Plus, little bits seem to kind of right. uh, you know eat away at the mystique of it. Especially with a phenomenon that is so global and so nondescript, ultimately, as a 
hum. Mm. You can have, you know, it's a qualitative trait, if you will. It has many little features that come together. Complex trait, I guess. Complex phenomenon. What the fuck am I saying? I don't know. So yeah, that's my little my little sound based update. I like it. So, do I go first? You do go first. Okay. Well, I have to say I'm relieved to be here because this is probably the scariest cryptid that I've done yet, <laughs> and I'm pretty <laughs> sure you'll agree as I get given it the you. cryptids you've done. I can't imagine what could possibly be spookier scary. than some of the other things <laughs> yep, I've talked about. Exactly. Well, let me see if you don't. Uh, agree with me as I get into this here. (laughs) In May of 1955, on a lonely stretch of road that runs along the Miami River in Claremont County, just on the outskirts of a small town known as Loveland, Ohio, an unnamed businessman was driving in the very early hours of the morning. Out of seemingly nowhere, at approximately 3.30 a.m., the businessman claims to have witnessed three short bipedal entities congregating by the side of the road. Hmm. The man pulled his car to the curb and observed these creatures for what he estimated to be about three minutes, <laughs> spending one minute each looking at each creature. <laughs> yep. The strange beings stood between three and four feet tall, were covered with leathery skin, and had webbed hands and feet. Oh, boy. Their most distinguishing characteristic, however, was their distinctly frog-like heads their heads looked like entire frogs yes okay leathery bodies webbed hands and feet three to four feet tall and then on on the shoulders a a frog (laughs) frog. sitting there um which the man claimed bore deep so their their frog-like heads which the man claimed bore deep uh wrinkles where their hair should have been because we all know frogs have hair one of the creatures suddenly held but the witness could only describe as a wand above its head oh wow Sparks spewed out of the end of the device, and the witness, only now weirded out, sped off. <laughs> like, oh no, wand? Okay, I'm out of here. Yeah. Wand! Sparks! Sparks! Those might start a fire? Years later, in March of 1972, there would be two additional sightings, this time by policemen. Oh, so it must be true. The first incident took place at 1 a.m. on March 3rd, 1972, on a clear, cold night. Officer Ray Shockey was en route to Loveland via Riverside Road when he thought he saw a dog beside the roadway in a field. Except that it was standing on its back legs. And and it was a frog. Yeah, it was a frog. (laughs) But as he drew nearer, the thing stood up, its eyes illuminated by the car lights, and looked at him. It then quickly turned and leapt over a guardrail. Shockey saw it go down an embankment towards the Little Miami River. He described the thing as weighing about 60 pounds, standing about 3 to 4 feet tall, and having a textured, leathery skin and face like a frog or a lizard. Hmm. Shockey drove to the police station and returned with Officer Mark Matthews to look for evidence of the creature. The search turned up scrape marks leading down the side of the small hill near the river, but not much else. Just two weeks later, however, on St. Patrick's Day, March 17th, Officer Matthews, drunk as fuck, was driving outside (laughs) of Loveland when he saw something lying in the middle of the road and stopped to remove what he thought was a dead critter. Instead, when the officer opened his squeaky car door, the animal got up into a crouched position like a football player, he says. The creature hobbled to the guardrail and lifted its leg over the fence, keeping an eye on Matthews the whole time. Alarmed, Matthews decided to shoot it because cops he missed however probably because the thing didn't slow down and because the thing was big frog (laughs) matthews later told how he felt that the creature stood more upright than the way shockey had described it one area farmer later told investigators that he had also seen a large frog-like or lizard-like creature during the same month of the officer's sightings Hmm. the reports of the frog man were not well received, and the witnesses and Loveland itself were teased continuously. People reporting and people were like, ah, we don't want to hear about that. Yeah, stupid ass. There's no such thing. Uh, reports of the Frogman were not well received, and the witnesses and Loveland itself were teased continuously because even at the time, people found this whole thing ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So both officers were kind of suffering under the weight. More than 20 years later in, oh my goodness... 
that sound can only mean one thing. It's 1999. <laughs> An auspicious year. An auspicious year. Yes, the scream of Neo leaving the Matrix itself. <laughs> During local media interviews, Mark Matthews explained that he was tired of talking about the Frogman and that what he had actually seen was an iguana. Still, this <laughs> conflicts with what both witnesses reported enthusiastically at the time. Something like an upright man-like lizard about four feet tall, or frog, I guess. Officer Shockey's sister even drew a kind of composite sketch for them shortly after their experience with the creature, which looks decidedly more like a bipedal frogman than an iguana. So it was three or four feet tall, and it kind of looked at you and then hopped over a thing on two legs. Yeah, that was an iguana. You guys never seen an iguana before? It was an iguana, yeah. It was large. It had... <laughs> All these features of frogs, but it's an iguana. Webbed hands and feet. Right. Know, like an iguana has. Exactly. Uh, no tail. So, in 2001, the group Weird Ohio did a follow-up investigation, re-interviewing principal witnesses about Matthew's attempts to pull back from his original story. One interviewee, Ron Schaffner, who may have been involved in the police, I'm not sure exactly from the sources I read, told them, told these uh, investigators... Quote, why, after all these years, is Matthews debunking the story? I'm not sure. Could be a number of reasons. But both officers told us that it resembled the sketch in 1976. Why would they show us a composite drawing of this creature back in 76 and tell us that it looked like the drawing? I lived in Loveland for about five years, and the story is still circulating with many variations. Just maybe Matthews is tired of hearing the story and all the variations. Unquote. <laughs> great quote right <laughs> in a 2001 email interview mark uh matthews now retired explained that the incident was quote habitually blown out of proportion he stated that it was and is no monster it was not leathery or had wet matted fur it was not three to five feet tall it did not stand erect the animal i saw was obviously some type of lizard that someone had as a pet that either got too large for its aquarium escaped by accident or they simply got tired of it it was less than three feet in length, ran across the road, and was probably blinded by my headlights. It presented no aggressive action, unquote. So, backpedaling pretty hard pretty, on the original Pretty story. hard, yeah. Pretty much a bike that just pedals backwards at this <laughs> point. Uh, Matthews attempted to shoot the creature in order to back up the account of his partner's sighting a few nights prior, but the lizard escaped, most likely to die from its injury or from the bitter freezing cold. All that said, in 2016, there was yet another sighting. Oh my. Another frogman was purportedly spotted as recently as mid-August of 2016 by Sam Jacobs and his girlfriend while they were playing Pokemon Go in Cincinnati, Ohio. Oh. So it's a very state so That's the loyal... kids are these days. Yes. <laughs> uh, quote, we saw a huge frog near the water, Jacobs wrote in an email. Quote, not in the game. This was an actual giant frog. <laughs> this is a pretty important distinction. <laughs> yes. Jacob stopped playing Pokemon Go at least for five seconds so he could <laughs> document what he was seeing, snapping some photos and shooting a short video. I couldn't find the video, but I did huh. find at least one photo. I would like to imagine that they tried to keep throwing Pokeballs at it. Like, wait, I think this is actually this there. This thing is real. Yeah. <laughs> that looks ridiculous. <laughs> oh, wait. So I, I see now. Okay. At first I was thinking it was this was the whole body like, with like little feet down there or something. <laughs> but that's okay. The head popping up. It's like up sticking up out of water. Yeah. Okay. That's odd kind of weird looking yeah then the thing stood up and walked on its hind legs i realize this sounds crazy but i swear on my grandmother's grave this is the truth then he had to go and kill his grandmother to make that statement true yeah i hate to say it but i swear <laughs> um the frog stood about four feet tall so what do you think of this jake sounds like a slee stack i don't know pretty much but otherwise sounds just like not a thing that is real right so if the Loveland slash Cincinnati frog slash lizard man slash men are B slash S, what's a real big frog? Well, how about the Goliath frog, which is Conraua Goliath? These beasties can grow up to 32 centimeters in length from vent to snout, which for our American audience means they're just over a foot in length from ass to mouth. From the uh, Far from the American Midwest, these guys can only be found in Cameroon and Equatorial Guinea. Very disappointingly, Goliath frogs lack a vocal sac, meaning they do not produce mating calls, as one might expect of frogs and toads. So mm. I was very much hoping to be able to provide some audio of a incredibly loud bullfrog sound, yeah. essentially. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's funny that whenever scientists are tasked to come up with a common name for a large animal, they tend to just say the Goliath something. 
Yeah, exactly. The Goliath bird eating spider. The Goliath beetle. The Goliath frog. They don't have much for uh, vocabulary. I guess not. Just biblical references and nothing else. Which is pretty fucking ironic, isn't it? Yep. So they can live up to be 15 years in age in the wild. Of wow. Age. Um, Which you could find when you cut the frog open, you count the rings inside. And uh, true of most other amphibians, they will eat pretty much anything smaller than they are. And I found a few other large amphibians just for fun. Ooh, is one of the big old salamander in like Japan? Maybe. Cool. The largest toad is the cane toad, turns out. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Those are freaking gigantic. For our Australian listeners, happy hunting and smashing <laughs> and bashing and all the rest of it. The largest ideally, oh, you yeah. should put them in the fridge, and then but once they fall asleep, put them in the freezer. That's the most humane way to kill them. And also the least likely way to make their... Um, their Organs explode all over the place? Well, or? that, but just like the actual uh, poison that they, they uh, secrete. Oh. If you smack them and stuff, like, that can get in your eyes or something, if you're not careful, like, as far as, yeah, the... The safest True. way for everyone involved is is the humane way. Freeze them out. Freeze them out. The largest newt is the great crested newt, which only gets to be about seven inches long, so newts newts are pretty mm, yeah. cute. <laughs> and the largest salamander is the Chinese giant salamander. Oh, okay. Which can, if if only rarely, reach a length of fucking one point eight meters. Jesus. Or almost seven feet. <laughs> So a Wyatt size, a Wyatt yeah, sized salamander. Yep. Oh God. Average size is a bit more than one meter, so closer to like three or four feet, which is close to the Loveland Frogman. <laughs> Upsettingly, the giant salamander is known to vocalize, <laughs> making barking, whining, hissing, or crying sounds. Oh. Hissing um, sounds again like a slee stack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. Well, they're based on the slee stack. Okay, that makes sense. They're they're based on the slee. Okay. <laughs> Um, some of these vocalizations bear a striking resemblance to the crying of a young human child, oh. and as such, it is known in the Chinese language as the infant fish, oh, God. which is just very gross. I can only imagine living near these things and being like, good fucking God, what's making this out? that thing? But yes, weirdly, this makes the, giny, uh, the Chinese giant salamander, the Chinese giant salamander, the leading contender for the Loveland Frogman, which it isn't. <laughs> Makes sense to me, and that's what I got for you today. Excellent. You're reminding me that we need to, at some point, I think, do another episode of just creepy animal sounds. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, creepy animal sounds. Yes, that'd yeah. be great. Yeah, <laughs> those, those are always fun. I think the last time we did that was uh, episode 49. I want to say elk bugling intensifies. Mm-hmm. That's definitely the title. Oh, animal sounds. Yeah, um, giant amphibians. Cool. Not a thing. <laughs> But fun to think about. <laughs> yeah. And it, I would be interested to know, you know, what, if anything, someone, I mean, we have that one witness backpedaling as hard as a person can uh, <laughs> on his story. So maybe who knows what happened there. But if anyone at all did see something that they thought looked the way they described, I'd be curious what it might have been. Probably yeah. not. I don't think it makes sense that it would have been a uh, an iguana. That's No. Isn't that at all it, correct? Yeah. And I mean, even if it was an iguana, I don't think by car light in the middle of the evening, you would really get much detail off of it. No, I also don't know that iguanas have uh, an eye shine. And if they were to rear up, they wouldn't really assume a posture that looks like a football player No, haunched over. I mean, I can see that as a frog, honestly. The few lizards that do a bipedal thing, it's it's as ungainly as you'd expect it to oh, be absolutely. for the kind of positioning of the legs on lizards and stuff, and they don't go very far that way. They just kind right. of lunge for a while, and it's yeah. pretty goofy. Or, or if they are making distance, they're going at a very high rate of speed because they're body structure does not allow them to maintain that posture without a high amount of energy input. Yeah, otherwise they'll just topple over again. So, so you have the, the Jesus Christ lizard, uh, right. other stuff like that. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Look at that lizard go! How oh, it's got its name. And, yeah, same with frogs. Frogs don't walk on their hind legs. Nope. There is such a thing as a walking frog, but they simply crawl around, which huh. is, they earn their name for that reason. It's funny because it doesn't sound like an eccentric yeah. thing for a frog to do. I had one actually when I was a kid. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's fun. It was really pretty. It was red and black, and uh, I did my best. <laughs> Which means what exactly? <laughs> I did my best. Okay. It died. Okay. It is funny because you think of walking as not being a particularly remarkable feat for a four legged animal, <laughs> but to imagine a frog so much as taking a step is actually <laughs> kind of weird. Even 
a single step. A forward. single step. I can barely um, even conceive of what that I don't know like. what that even looked like, yeah. For a frog, at least. For a frog. Well, I guess I do, because I fucking had one. That's but. true. <laughs> but yeah, um, no such thing. Sorry. That's okay. If it is real, wow. Mm. And why are they sticking around Ohio? I have no <laughs> yeah. idea. Our listeners in Toledo, if you want to email us and tell us what you have or haven't seen a frog-wise, please yeah, do so. right. Especially if it was bipedal. Yes. And... You know. Or or hexapedal. Holy fuck! What? Any any number other than four legs? We want to know more about <laughs> yeah. them. Yeah, good call. Right. So there you go. Groovy. Alrighty. Um. So just as this is an episode that has us, you know, back in our our usual cryptidy topics, it's also one that puts me back in my uh, my usual story finding comfort zone, which is Reddit. Mm. Which is fun to try and find first person accounts of stuff instead of just like people talking about things like, oh yeah, this was something that maybe happened and. Just a lot of third-person speculation. This is just straight from the horse's mouth. Mm-hmm. So this comes from a horse named Ace2011. I suppose three years ago. Um, All right. In the paranormal subreddit, quote: I live in West Virginia. Although I live just outside one of the larger cities in the state, it's still a pretty rural area. Because of this, I've grown up very familiar with the woods and wildlife. Although I'm not exactly an avid outdoorsman, mm. I do have some knowledge, and I'm not uncomfortable or overly afraid of the woods or most of the creatures living there. I had originally posted around a year ago about an encounter I had in the woods bordering my backyard. The general consensus, and what I eventually came to myself, was that it was an animal and I was overreacting and scaring myself. I was fairly convinced that that was probably the case, and eventually deleted the thread. Now, after further experiences, I'm not so sure anymore. Oh! Go on. Okay. Was this the guy with the mailbox? No, that's not. I don't think it's the same guy. No, because that one. Um, I'm glad you got it from just that. <laughs> uh, that one I found more recently than three years ago. So this. Okay. One, he would have posted right. this about four years ago. So that that one was a recentish one and hadn't been deleted. Similar vibes. Uh, yes. Uh, to sum up the original post, I live in a neighborhood with other houses on three sides of me, but in the backyard, approximately 50 yards downhill from the house, there are woods with no other houses in that direction for over a mile. So a decent amount of woods just straight into his backyard. Oh, mile, huh? At the time, my wife and I were separated, so I was staying in the house alone. One evening, I let the dogs out and noticed a pair of eyes right at the edge of the woods watching me. At first, I wasn't too concerned, as I assumed it was just a deer, which <laughs> frequent the backyard because of our apple trees. However, after watching the eyes for a bit, they did not move at all and appeared to be about eight feet off the ground and were the wrong color for a deer's eyes. So I just wanted to bring up again the idea of... Uh, Tapitum lucidum. Tapitum lucidum. So we talked about this in a couple of different episodes now, and we even mentioned eye shine in your, in your segment a second ago. A lot of animals have a membrane inside their eyes just behind the retina called the tapitum lucidum, which is basically designed to reflect light back through the retina again to amplify how much light the animals are getting. It does cause a blurring effect of the image they're seeing, but it helps animals see better in low light. So it's mm-hmm. really good for night vision. That's why a lot of nocturnal animals have glowing eyes when you shine a light on them. They appear to glow, but they're just reflecting. Yes. Uh, humans do not have this. Um, so when you see, like, say, red eye in a photo, that's just basically the inside of your eyeball being illuminated by the camera flash. It's even uh, grosser than you thought. Yes. <laughs> uh, so What's most... honestly scarier, a demon <laughs> or the gross part of the back of your eyeball? <laughs> yeah, the inside of the back of your eyeball. So most apes do not have this kind of eye shine effect when you shine a light directly on their eyes that doesn't happen um so back to, to but this the post. this creature appears to have it does seem to yes and it doesn't look like a deer nope i took the dogs inside and got a flashlight and returned the eyes still had not moved or looked away they were staring directly at me when i returned oh boy should be unusual for a deer this is my shit right here yeah whatever it was it was positioned out of range of my light so i could not get a look at what it might be and I did not feel like going down the hill to get closer because I no longer felt that this was a harmless deer. What a wimp. <laughs> At the time, I believed it could be a predator, so I just went back inside and locked the door and turned off the lights in the kitchen so whatever it was would go away. So, so far at least, pretty you know rational response by the the OP, that's yeah. the original poster. Uh, not jumping to conclusions. <laughs> the operant person? Yes. Not jumping to any conclusions and just kind of doing what makes sense in general for the situation. Like, oh, right. the animal over there? Okay, well, I'm just going to leave it alone. This is weird, Kinda, but also yeah. I'm just going to go about my business. So not freaking out, not going the route a lot of people tend to in it these situations. Exactly. So he's he's planning pretty cool. Uh, where the story really began to freak me out was when I came back to the kitchen later on 
and discovered that the eyes still had not moved and were still staring at my mostly dark house. Ugh. This isn't normal behavior for most animals, even a predator. If there was nothing to actively hold its attention for a long period of time, it should have moved on. Long story short, whatever it was stayed in that position staring at my house all night long. I was unnerved enough that I couldn't sleep and kept a gun near me for the rest of the night. I would periodically check, and the eyes were still there every time I looked until the sun came up. The next day, I found no trace of anything in that area. No animal tracks or traces of any kind. Mm. So just very odd. I would be moving the very next day. Yeah. Uh, this is definitely not at all normal behavior for any animal I'm aware of, and the fact that it left no tracks at all freaked me out even more. That's where the encounter ended. I hadn't seen anything again, and after posting and reading comments, I'd pretty much decided it was just an animal and I'd freak myself out. So I deleted the thread and thought nothing more about it. Fast forward until this month. We had a couple of heavy snowstorms this winter that had knocked down some trees to the edge of the woods. Recently, it's been unseasonably warm, though, and I decided it would be a great time to clean up the backyard and get rid of those trees. There's a small shed just inside the woods that has been there since before we moved in, but I had never really paid any attention to it. It was dilapidated and the door was off the hinges. I don't spend much time in slash around the woods in the backyard, and it can just barely be seen from the house, so I had no reason to mess with it. Well, during the cleanup, I got a little curious about the shed and decided to take a look for the first time. To my horror, the walls, floor, and ceiling of the shed were completely covered with weathered old satanic symbols, and there were stains on the floor that were probably blood. I, I noped the hell out of there and ended up tearing the thing down and burning it along with the trees I was cleaning up. I haven't been back down to the woods since. So, I mean, kind of goofy stuff there, but fine. Like, if we take for granted that it really was that scary, then by horror movie logic... Uh, our protagonist is still actually being pretty exceptionally uh, yeah. acting pretty logically. He's taking any action at all, which is <laughs> already yeah. a really good step. Like, yeah, he didn't go visit the shed again at night right. or wait until hearing something right. or seeing something inside before doing anything about it. He just right. like, I don't want this, and just yeah. Like, Further, he didn't, after discovering the shed in broad daylight, he didn't just go, well, I don't like this, and walk away from it, leaving it to do what it needs to. Exactly. So he just he like, burned that shit to the ground. He's like, Fuck this, it's gone. How he control burned a shed in the middle of the fucking woods? I don't ever know, but well, no, he it was it was not in the middle of the woods. It was just just into the woods off of his. I'll show you a picture in a minute to show oh, where it was. There's pictures. Um, a couple. Hmm. Uh, so he just like one that's showing the general layout. So he was saying how it was just beyond the tree line enough that he didn't really see it that much before these other trees fell down, so he didn't care. But when he was clearing those trees up and made kind of a brush pile out of them, probably on his lawn. Yeah, he yeah. put the chunks of like he tore down the shed and put that in there too. Uh, I see. Okay. Yeah, okay. So cool. 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 Whatever was in the woods previously has returned, though. So, uh, after he got rid of the, mm-hmm. the shed, it, whatever it was, came back. The very night I burned the shed, I saw those eyes again, and I've seen them frequently since. Get a fucking trail cam, bro. On more than one occasion, I've seen, I've even seen several sets of eyes. So far, nothing has happened in the house, and whatever it is has kept its distance. But I'm very concerned now. I'm afraid to go near the woods or even out in my own backyard. Does anyone have any ideas on what this could be or where I could, or what I could do to get rid of it? And he added an edit there. For those who've asked, here's an older picture I dug up of my backyard with the shed still in it. I circled and labeled locations I've most frequently seen the eyes and where the shed is. So have a look at that there photo. Get rid of the sleeve stack. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so you can see okay, here shed. circling. So you can kind of see the shed just the yellow those trees. is where he's seen the thing. Yeah. The, oh, all yeah. The, um, the, I looked at the shapes before the, the labels. There you go. The, um, the orange there is the original eye location. Oh, it's moving and towards then, the shed. <laughs> well, it's not showing exactly which. I was just saying, just in general, it's popped up in well, those original spots. sighting. Oh, okay, fine. Yeah, it, it didn't say in order. I, I applied a chronology to yeah. it, yeah. So it just gives you an idea of, the, of how far away it is and what the deal is. That's above so that ground is, pool. Yeah. You mentioned the idea of trail cam, and he, a lot of commenters did say, oh, you should get a trail cam. And he, um, died yeah then he died uh now he was like yeah I, i'd like to but like you know they're kind of expensive so he didn't at first but there's this it keeps going on okay. um so yeah from there the commenters just went nuts with theories and suggestions as well as far as what they thought it could be uh and what they thought he should do some folks said bigfoot but the op reiterated that it's really not wilderness or anything there it's just like it's just houses on both sides but then woods happen to go back a, a decent distance that direction Hmm. Um, but he figured that so if it were something as big as that it would probably be seen by other people other than just him like there should be more sightings maybe not in my opinion okay uh, but then someone else was like oh just shoot it since it stays so still you can just sh- you see the eyes just just aim for the eyes and shoot it America and then he's like yeah I'm not gonna just go for a kill shot on something just because I don't know what it is like that's pretty fucked up mm-hmm. it's like, also it's a neighborhood like I'm not gonna just fire mm-hmm. a gun in a neighborhood so mm-hmm. <laughs> so again 
acting pretty rationally yeah, about that, yeah. which is nice. Someone actually did have a more sane suggestion, which was to shine a laser pointer at the eyes to see if they would at least have some reaction, because they never seemed to move or, so much as you could tell, even blink. Right. Um, they also asked if he if it could just be people. So here's what he said about that. He said, well, it's not people. People's eyes don't shine in the dark. So he understands he's going to have tried the laser pointer with absolutely no reaction which further makes me think it's not something natural yeah. nothing takes a laser to the eye and doesn't even blink uh, and as far as random reflections I did check the area that, um, the day after I saw the eyes for the first time I couldn't find any tracks or anything that could possibly have looked like eyes and I hadn't seen them for over a year after that initial encounter would have been it would have to be an incredible coincidence to look exactly like a pair of eyes too that's a pretty distinct sight uh, he also provided a more detailed description of the eyes themselves in response to another comment. He said, they're generally an amber slash orange color, which is odd. Deer are normally white mm. slash yellow. I thought they were kind of greenish, but it's I'll get into that more in a second. Yeah. Owls are mostly red, and I believe coyotes and dogs generally shine blue slash green. That usually is the case from what I've seen. Obviously not true 100% of the time, but that's the general rule of thumb I was taught. They appear to be about the same distance apart as human eyes and are usually six to eight feet off the ground. So whatever it is, it's at least human size and probably a bit bigger. Someone suggested owls as an explanation, which... On a actually, low branch or something? Yeah, yeah, which I think is kind of a cool idea. Um, it's not bad, yeah. But he said, this This is the same conclusion I came to last time, but owl eye shine isn't really the right color for those eyes either, and the behavior doesn't match. Why would an owl sit in the same spot without moving at all for the entire night on multiple occasions staring up at my house instead of down on the ground where a potential prey might be? Not to mention I saw it once... And then not again for over a year until the exact night I burned the shed, and now I see it frequently. Um, in response, someone asked what eye color, or what, what color eye shine owls normally have. He said, owl eyes generally shine red. We kind of talked about that the first time we talked about the mm-hmm. Phantom of the Chicago, mm-hmm. way, way back. Uh, certain owls with very large eyes may shine yellow, but they're very distinct because of the size. Identifying animals by eye color in the dark isn't completely reliable because they're not the same color 100% of the time, but usually they are, and you can at least get a general idea of what it might be. It's pretty on the nose so far with the idea of how it works. Eye shine can take on an overall kind of visual characteristics as far as what you can expect, but it is effectively iridescent. So as you move, you can see when you look at like if a dog or a cat or something, when their eyes are reflecting light, when you're looking at them in the evening or something, when you move or they move, it will seem to kind of change between different colors pretty right. rapidly. It's just because of... There's usually, I think, minerals actually in the membrane. Hmm. Mm-hmm. That's why different animals have different colors and stuff. But uh, depending on the angle of light going through them, it can then refract the light different ways to make it look right. like different colors. Right. Interesting, you know, kind of stuff going on yeah, there as I far like as this, him. I like these considerations. People thinking about different possibilities and him considering them as well and talking through them. What do you think so far, Mr. Shell? So far, honestly, a lot of it does remind me of many very credible sounding forest margin Sasquatch type events if you will yeah the height the spacing the forward facing the color being somewhere between yellow and orange and the interest in a habitation the fact that it would have returned after he burns this little shed Hmm. and cleared trees could just be you know if we want to accept the hypothetical existence you know it's a thing that would have a very good ability to detect disturbances in a zone that it's maybe occupying like oh something's different now especially if there was burning going on yeah so that would draw anything in if it has some kind of intelligence to investigate changes in that way and then maybe just resume kind of a watch Hmm. we're also assuming this is a nocturnal creature yeah but the laser to the eye you'd think that would at least be like you know give you a blink or something yes that part's very weird about it that's that's one of the things i like that kind of sets it apart so it's not just it has that extra kind of uh, mysterious spice right. to it, where it's not like, oh, it's some kind of weird animal. <laughs> What's <creepy."> in this? <laughs> yeah, like, well, I just can't put my finger on that. <laughs> uh, to be clear, I'm just having fun with that idea. I don't oh, of course. Really, yeah. You know, it was Sasquatch. So, yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, so he posted again later. This is an update to my story posted here about a week ago. Since then, I followed some of the advice I received and went out to get the brightest flashlight I could find. So a cheaper solution than getting a, a trail camera, but still try and get a, like, a closer. This one took double D batteries or whatever. <laughs> yeah. When I tested it the night I bought it, no eyes present, I could actually see into the woods very well from my back porch. I was pretty confident I'd get an idea of what I was seeing when I used the light. Mm-hmm. It's been sitting plugged into the outlet in the kitchen right next to the back door ever since, so it'd be ready to use whenever I needed it. Mm-hmm. That opportunity came two nights later. The eyes oh, were back again. Oh, shit. So I grabbed the light thinking I was about to finally get some answers. 
Except for some reason, it was like the battery was dying. I fucking knew it. <laughs> the light was nowhere near I as bright as it had, it. had been when I tested it the first night. Yeah, of course it was. I like to reiterate. Because you left point, it plugged in, you dumb dumb. Well, he'll, he'll get to that actually too. Uh, so I like to reiterate that it has a rechargeable battery and had been plugged in, waiting to be used since I bought it a couple of days before. So it's only been two days that it would be sitting there. Wouldn't really necessarily. If it was brand new. Decay that hard, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I retreated into the house and put the light back on the charger using the same charger and outlet. Sure enough, the eyes stayed there all night. But anytime I tried to use the spotlight, it would just quickly die on me again. What if you left it in the charger and turned it on from there so that it was basically plugged into the wall? You'd think that a chargeable light would have some sort of ACDC cord or Probably. something Probably. Like I this. don't know how long it might be because some of them are pretty cheap. Like just just out your long, window, though. Or yeah. find some outlet. God damn it's it. It's got to be, yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> there's so many, it's so easy like armchair theory. I was like, what you could have done. Dude. And like, yeah. I but always, in the moment, of course, yeah, and you do the things you do. I just want so badly to be the one in the moment all, in all these stories. Like, I, I want to be there just because... I, and I know I'd probably just end up being a statistic. Oh, some Jake with you was randomly killed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we found his body. He yeah. was torn to pieces <laughs> by some wild animal. Yeah. Um, but hey, at least the last thing I would know yeah. was what it's was happening. It's real. <laughs> yeah. I just yeah. I I want to I want to try and get a closer look. Oh man, I know <laughs> what you mean. I read some of these accounts and I'm like, I would be institutionalized <laughs> after this, but at least I would have some idea. Yes. Uh, oh, man. I mean, here's hoping at some point in our lives we'll get to have better still if it's a shared experience. The two oh, of us, I fully intend for us to go into the field to do some Well, we're going to do that. Absolutely. But I, I just want I want to see this stuff myself. I know. Pennsylvania is supposed to be popping off with Bigfoot stuff right, right we'll now. Have to, we'll see if it's not that far. Yeah. The next day, I intended to take the light back thinking maybe it was defective, but it worked fine. It was blindingly bright again, and I could see, the clear, uh, see clearly under the woods with it. I'm getting more and more convinced that something out of the ordinary is going on. So far, it hasn't done anything other than watch the house, but getting more and more freaked out every time I see it. It hasn't left the woods and I'm beginning to worry about it a lot more. I really don't think it's just an animal anymore. So here in the comments, someone mentioned something about keeping the spotlight in the charger being the reason it died. Mm -hmm. Like you said, you're not supposed to do that usually with chargeable things. He replied, it's a lithium battery, but it's designed to be left charging all the time, so it's ready to go when you need it. Mm. In fact, that's what the instructions suggest. Not to mention it was brand new, so I doubt the battery went bad in two days in any case. Uh, and if it really did work just fine the next day, it's kind of weird, but yeah, I don't know. Hmm. Um, that one's a little movie-ish for me. Yeah, it does sound a little bit more just horror. Oh, there's yeah. something imposing its like negating it's, will. Yes. But wait, there's more. Oh, good. So the update. Managed to snap a pic where you can actually see the eyes. It's blurry. <sighs> Two eyes kind of blend together into one glowing spot, and you can't mm. see any detail, but they're there. So it gets, <laughs> it's it's not it's not a crystal clear picture because it's hard mm. to get pictures at nighttime anyway. Of course, I appreciate the effort. So it's it's oh, pretty. Yeah. I'll zoom in on it. So it's it's like all right, you can kind of tell that there are two separate spots that are blurring together, even though it is kind of goofy and grainy as hell. I feel like that is so much brighter than you would expect for tapping lucidum. It's assuming he's yeah. shooting it from where he's. Like standing on the porch? No, he, yeah. he's clearly further down in his yard. So though. this is the edge of the pool right here. Oh, really? So that's down there. So those are the two trees. Oh, open that picture back up. I'm so shocked he hasn't like set up a trail cam. The brightness, I think, is part of just like the diffuse quality mm -hmm. of the blur. Mm -hmm. um, I know when I take my glasses off and look at the light, it looks way bigger than it actually is. Mm -hmm. So I think just the blurring effect of this being so low quality so in you the dark. Mean he should have put glasses on his that's camera. What I, that's exactly what I'm saying. So it does look just like a big old blob, and it looks extra bright because it's so distant, whatever. It would be cool to also try this with something we know, like hold a dog up in, in the dark and take a picture like that and see how <laughs> how bright. I guess you don't have to hold it up. You could just be standing somewhere. <laughs> the reason it has no, to you would have to hold it up there, to yeah. eight feet of height. Too. <laughs> um, there was one more follow-up post from about 11 months ago. So mm. a couple of years have passed, basically, since all this was happening. But That's cool. Got back to do it again. So after my last post, I hadn't planned on posting again. The response seemed to be overwhelmingly that it was just an animal and that I was overreacting, which I definitely was not convinced of. I began to think maybe it really was just an animal behaving strangely and I was getting worked up about it just because some random idiots had pretended to be witches in the shed I had found out back. Nothing major had happened after that last post. But then here we go. He did borrow some trail cams from a friend. Uh, so he found someone who was a hunter who actually had one. So um, Yes. But they continuously took pictures of nothing. And I didn't mean nothing as in nothing strange. I mean, nothing is in pictures of empty woods and not a single animal in them, ever. Despite seeing the eyes? He would see the eyes at different times, but he wouldn't see any pictures, any animals in right. these pictures. 
Uh, if you ever use one of these cameras, they're motion activated. I figured they were being set off by branches in the wind or something, but even after moving them several times and making absolutely sure there was nothing that should set them off, I was still getting pictures w- with nothing in them. You should don't ask for the pictures. They've all been deleted since they were empty. I was honestly uh. nothing in them of note at all. Which, that little note, I was like, it would have been kind of mm-hmm. neat to at least see the pictures to, to sh- show Sh- Show here. a true zero if you have exactly. one. Exactly. Like, oh, yeah, it took a picture of nothing. It's supposed to be motion activated, but there's nothing in the picture. Like, that could have been easy to just show right. that that was true. Then again, it'd also be easy to fake that if you wanted to. You could wave your hand quickly in front of the camera. It would take a picture. Look, there's nothing there. Right. So, But, you know, to be in his shoes, you'd want, assuming he is telling the truth, which we want him to be. We want him to be. Then you would think you would want any data you could grab. Yeah. He doesn't go on to try and make the case that, oh, it must be like a ghost monster. Like he, um, So in the two months I had the <laughs> camera set up, I didn't get a single picture with any living creature in it. I honestly started thinking they were malfunctioning. <laughs> he did but, get some pictures of dead creatures. Yeah, he got a couple of just like <laughs> corpses, tears. Uh, but the hunter buddy I borrowed them from has assured me the cameras have been working fine since I returned them. And he was uh, showing me pictures of deer he's caught since using the same cameras. Weird, but not totally unexplainable. I've never used them before. I could have been doing something wrong. I would have had your hunter friend set them up for you. Yeah. <laughs> Again, the only thing to be Maybe says, reach out to him in the two months you had them. Yeah. Uh, I did begin to pay a little more attention to the wildlife I do see, though, particularly the deer that come into my yard near the woods to eat tr- um, from my apple trees. I never see them enter or exit the forest from the area behind my house. <laughs> They'd always leave the trees through the neighbor's yard and walk across their mm-hmm. yard to mm-hmm. get to mine and move to the next yard before going back into the woods. Not once, even when I startled them and caused them to run away, did I ever see them enter the um, enter or exit the area behind my house where the eyes have been showing up. Mm. Like now, I know deer are pretty habitual creatures and typically follow the same trails every day, so I assume this was just the route they developed for getting to my apples and didn't think too much on it. But it did add to my uneasiness a bit about those woods. I've continued seeing the eyes, but they have never come any closer to the house, and I had mostly gotten used to them. I had little desire to go into the woods anyway and absolutely no reason at all ever to go there after dark, so it hasn't been an issue. So I was like, yeah, it's not coming closer. Whatever, I guess they're just eyes. That's just part of my yard's features now. Some, some spooky <laughs> thing. Yep. Even if it's a natural animal, I get a very predatory vibe from them, so I've made sure to stay away and keep my dog's nighttime trips <laughs> outside short and supervised. Um, whatever is out there isn't something I really want to mess with, natural or paranormal. What are you going to say? Maybe it's just me. But if this was a persistent thing, I would never stop investigating. I think that's the thing. I don't know what the normal response is because we both have that ridiculous level of curiosity. Of like, like, what yeah, the fuck like, I is need this? To know. Yeah. And for me, I mean, I think part of it ties in with my OCD as well, which is like I get upset and physically uncomfortable if I don't find out. If I drive past a sign and don't read the whole thing, it's like, well, what did it say? I'll never know what it said. Like, it's a problem. It it interferes with my everyday <laughs> life, but it also just reversing it, on the highway. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, but in general, like, I I just want to know stuff. Yeah. It just it's important to me for different reasons at different times. Mm-hmm. I just want to know. So I don't know what the normal response is here. I mean, I can understand being frightened by this experience and maybe not wanting to investigate out of fear, but I also don't think that you would be left going, oh, well, it's just the spooky eyes in the backyard. <laughs> yep, just, just those eyes again, it's I Just guess. those eyes again, even though I think it's a predator. <laughs> um, you know, whatever. Because, I mean, sure, maybe they stay there, maybe there really is no threat, but it's still very strange, and I just, I don't know, I feel like I would be obsessed. I'm it's- obsessed right now, and I don't even know the guy. <laughs> He, for whatever reason, has decided, okay, this is just how it is, and was yeah, fine with right, it. right, right. However, last week, something happened that convinced me this is definitely not just an animal. Oh, boy. I needed to mow the yard, and as it was my last day off, and I really needed doing. It was a hot day, though, and I thought I'd wait until the evening when it started to get cooler. I ended up waiting too late, and it was starting to get dark by the time I got to hooking up the lawn sleeper to my riding mower and cleaning up. It wasn't pitch black yet, but it was dark enough that I had my headlights on and was definitely uneasy about going to the bottom of the hill near the woods where I dumped my clippings. Mm-hmm. I'm an adult, though, and I did what had to be done. As I was turned around to pull the rope and dump the bag, though, whatever is out there was behind me, and for the first time, I was close enough to get a better look. Again, it was dark, and this thing was far enough into the trees to be hidden in a shadow, but I was able to see a silhouette of the creature instead of just its eyes reflecting light. Mm. Let me tell you, this is definitely not an owl. It was enormous, and it was emitting a low, rumbling growl. It was loud enough for me to hear over my engine and the music in my earbuds that I was uh, that I always wear while mowing. 
Obviously, I forgot about dumping the grass and just got the hell out of there as fast as my mower would carry me. I didn't even bother. <laughs> One mile an hour back up the hill. <laughs> yep. Go, go. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even bother pulling away before running in the house through the garage. I didn't even turn it off. <laughs> I don't know. It's um, just chopping his garage apart. <laughs> it sat in my front yard all night. Uh, I'm now absolutely convinced that whatever this is, it is not something natural. Or at least it is not something native to the area if it is an animal. I've seen bears. We have black bears here, although they're fairly rare in my area. This is bigger than any bear I've ever seen outside the grizzlies at the zoo, which are not native to West Virginia. I'm actually frightened now instead of the mildly unnerved I had been before. The feeling I got being near this creature was absolute dread like I've never experienced before. Mm-hmm. It was almost like I somehow... Like I had somehow violated our unspoken agreement of leaving each other the hell alone. Mm-hmm. I've seen its eyes out back every night since this incident, and I'm concerned I've angered it or something <laughs> else, um, or something, and things might escalate. I'm honestly ready to move at this point now that I know that this thing is definitely dangerous. And that is the last we ever hear from Ace Twenty Eleven. <laughs> His last. I hope I don't get. His <laughs> <laughs> last ever Reddit activity was on um, kind of an innocuous reply to a comment on this particular post, and that's been it. He has not posted any. Updates or any other stuff on Reddit since then, so... That final update sounds even more squatchy, yeah. if I'm honest. Given given everything I've read, it is right in line. The, the sort of start of the squatch day, if you will, being <laughs> in the final hours of daylight. Mm-hmm. So often you, you read about activity kicking off around 4 or 5 p.m. or later, maybe 6, 7, continuing all night. And cutting off in the early morning, mm-hmm. very nocturnal animal, and that sensation of pure, like primal dread. Yeah, not necessarily in the sense of oh, I'm going to be eaten, but in the sense of like I am needing to be away from where I am right now. Something is cosmically wrong. Something is cosmically wrong, and that funny enough, sensing that you have violated a kind of like oh, you're on that side of the line, I'm on this side. That kind of like, I need to be away from here mm-hmm. is something reported by people so frequently when they've had these kinds of encounters or so, say they have, yeah. you know, but there, there are so many and these are often coming from people who spend great amounts of time in the woods mm-hmm. and will have been around large, objectively dangerous predators. And then they'll just randomly have these times where they're like, oh my God, I got overcome by this feeling. And then... Suddenly, there's this thing there yeah. that I'm barely seeing, super large, bigger than a bear. I don't know what I saw, but it was like this thing. Or or they get a very clear look, and they describe a very consistent creature. Mm-hmm. Anyway, conspiracy theory. <laughs> <laughs> but I, thought, I like it. Yeah, I've been sitting on this one for a little while. And I had some... It's funny, because I, I first found this particular story by finding a different story that I liked that referenced this one. Right. It's like, oh, I think I have something in my backyard, too. And it was a, kind of a cool-sounding story. But then I was like, well, wait, what is referencing this but not linking to it? So I had to dig through the comments of that one to find a post, uh, a link to this post or the original post of this. And then going through that, I was like, oh, I like this a lot. I was like, yeah, I'll just do this one. And I was like, I bet it'll tickle why it's something You tickled special, me something, yeah. something special, yeah. Yeah, so that's what I got for you this week. I liked it very much. Uh, very cool. Great. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, no, was, I, I very much fell into the owl camp until that very last report. And it's so hard with any of this stuff, too, to tell, okay, someone making shit up. Um, oh, absolutely. But then one thing I like about Reddit is you can trace where people post. You can see, you know, how, I mean, you don't know if someone's made a brand new account just to post this bullshit and they do other stuff elsewhere. But you can see, at least with this one account, when they posted and what they posted and where. And so you get an idea of how often. So, like, different stuff I've seen more often than not, I like to find ones where people are active Redditors, so you can tell they are a real person who does right, stuff right. and they're not just posting in creepypasta type forums or anything either uh, or subreddits this was someone who just he posted about this um i don't remember he posted anything else beforehand but he just yeah, this is the last thing he posted about hmm. it's interesting and he responded to like a lot of the comments and all these threats like that's why i got all the different stuff i added in there it was like relevant stuff he said answering people's questions and stuff like that presumably nothing else has happened i guess since I mean, as far as he have not updating anything but the other thing i liked about the reddit stuff is you can see when stuff was posted so if he posted something a year prior to the start of this so four years ago right and then decided oh it's just an animal deleted the thing and then posted again three years later it's like oh it seems like this and then kind of escalated so that it posted a week later and then a year later like where he he could have posted this most recent one which is where it really gets cool and scary 
just like another week later, so you could really be building on the story. It seems to suggest in that a much more organic pacing. Of it doesn't seem like events. he's hyping it to try and right. tell a story. It seems more like, well, okay, this might actually be authentically his experience. Yes. Very cool. What the experience was, I don't know. I Again, I don't believe in Sasquatch, but I want to. And uh, this, yeah. I still like... I was so much like, oh, it's an owl that makes the most sense. Absolutely. But then it's still like he said, why would it not move? Why would so many things were strange about it? And if you believe that he looked for inanimate objects that could be reflective and didn't see anything right. weird. The owl would also explain the last of lack of footprints too. But right. True. It's hard to That that right there is kind of strange too. You'd think that, you know, I mean, if we continue the sort of hypothetical pseudoscience y thing that I'm enjoying right now of it being Sasquatch, if you will. Yeah. You would expect to see some kind of sign of it being around, which other Definitely. people do in very credible accounts. Oh, yeah. They see tracks or they see some kind of, you know, evidence of the environment being manipulated. Right. Broken branches or if not the big footprints and stuff. And So that's a little strange. At the same time, though, <laughs> you do have very convincing stories of these purported creatures being extremely capable at very kind of covert <laughs> operation type stuff they're just highly adapted to stealthy highly intelligent maneuvering uh, around their space hmm. but you would think a trail cam would pick it up yeah a flashlight would pick it up it would blink with laser beam in its eye <laughs> yeah <laughs> um <laughs> it's like a very incredibly well-trained uh sasquatch that just like has yeah. so much just <laughs> discipline that it can just withstand any amount of laser pointing Again, if, I wish you could hear what I'm seeing, but why just impersonating a Sasquatch, <laughs> weathering the intense uh, glare Pain of a laser, of a laser yeah. going straight into eyeball. <laughs> um, it's also weird, though, if we think this thing is a thing, that it would be standing out there every night, just all night watching. long, just going, hmm. <laughs> Yo, know, just staring at his house. That's not very believable. It's the other part of this, too, is if we accept that it is this thing that it's pretty standoffish and skittish too unless it's got a real good claim you know what i mean it's like the kind of thing that goes like oh i'm gonna watch yeah and the second i'm caught it's like oh, oh time for me to go i gotta go yeah. um although so. i mean it's, except it's not like when he first sees it and points the light out, it just it stays there the whole night it doesn't just bail right it's like no i'm here i'm gonna keep watching but so that's interesting it does line up though with if we assume this is like it's turf yeah, it's like, okay, this is my side. You stay over there. I'm going to make sure you stay there. I'm going to watch from here. And the low growl kind of thing when he gets too close is yeah. very par for the course as well. Yeah. I But just the little extra elements to it that are weird, like yeah, it, it not reacting to laser beams, it not seeming to ever move or blink, just constantly watching as that extra mystery spice I mentioned. Yes. Which may drew me Going to it more. Turf more, of something truly bizarre. Yes. Um. And that's why I liked this one. Mm, a little something for both of us. Yeah. Hopefully something for you at home as well. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully you're still listening. <laughs> yeah. We always, when we record these, are just talking to ourselves, so we don't know if anyone ever will hear these other than us. But if you have heard it, and if you liked it, maybe you'd consider uh, writing a review about it on iTunes. Yeah, or slap, us, slap us a little like, um, and if you're feeling real generous and supportive, uh pay us a little visit to our patreon if you will yeah uh, um, patreon.com top link every time we would love your support if you want to subscribe to the show through patreon we can put your subscription to good use continuing to build the show adding more features uh, we'd love to do in the field type sort of investigative reporting as we kind of hinted at earlier this episode we'd love to get out there and, and see for ourselves what's out there we also uh, we have cool stuff we can offer in in return for your generosity. We have stickers. We have digital rewards, including curated outtakes from each month, and not just shows. random shit, but like actually going through and saying, "Oh, what's actually kind of uh, funny, well, sort of funny," uh, and editing it together carefully. And then also uh, bonus mini shows as well, and uh, other shit, <laughs> other shit to come. So now that we have the quaff as a segment, we also would happily take any beer recommendations from our yeah. patrons as well. We will review any beer we can get our hands on. So. Yes. But yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. We'll be back next week with another Yep. We're going to be talking about conspiracy theories. Which is always a fun little uh, little area to... Uh, little, so th- <laughs> 
it's get, fun to get your tinfoil hats out as yeah, we're trying to go. perfect we've done it a few times we always have fun doing it we're going to do it again with it's just so much stuff to dig into oh absolutely weird shit is coming your way in a week and we'll be there cool bye, bye.